Charting Toward Intimacy covers mature topics. Listener discretion is advised. Hey there, welcome to Charting Toward Intimacy, where we're expanding the natural family planning conversation. I'm your host, Ellen Holloway. Today, I'm joined by two different guests who share their personal stories with natural family planning. Our first guest is Rose Waferina. She tells her story about how natural family planning helped her with her struggle with infertility. Our second guest today is Jorge Padilla, and he shares a fantastic story of how he came back to the church after having fallen away and discovered the teachings of the theology of the body and subsequently natural family planning and fell in love with it as he brought it to his marriage. Let's get started. Well, welcome, Rose. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. So let's just get started. How did you first hear about natural family planning? I first learned about natural family planning during our pre cana class. So the speakers there talked about it briefly, but we did not pay serious attention to it, really. It wasn't until um, I was dealing with miscarriages and infertility issues that I thought about learning NFP. So I taught myself the symptothermal technique by reading a book published by Couple to Couple League International. Then I met Teresa Mitchell and I asked her to teach me the Creighton method. And much better than that, she introduced me to Dr. Mary Davenport, who knew NAPRO technology, and with her help, I was able to sustain my pregnancy and have my beautiful baby girl, who is now 10 years old. And this led me to wanting to teach it to other couples. Oh, beautiful. Um, oh my gosh, you said so many amazing things. Let's, let's just like unpack that a little bit. Let's start back to your pre-Cana retreat. I feel like this is such a common story. We hear about NFP before we get married. And then, uh, you know, sometimes we just don't jump into it at first or we don't really know enough about it um, until we need it. And, you know, you wrestled with miscarriages and infertility. And I just, I can't imagine the, the devastation that that must have been like for you and your husband. I mean, how, how did that feel? And then how did it feel kind of, thinking back and saying, oh, well, maybe NFP can help me with this. Yeah, you're right about that. Having those miscarriages, it was so devastating and it's depressing, especially um, back then, like my OBGYN, she didn't support me. She just said, oh, your eggs are just old. We just try again. So that was horrible, so hearing it from her. And so that's the reason why I sought other avenues. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's sad that uh, more people and more doctors, specifically OBGYNs, don't know about natural family planning and they don't have anything to help women that might be in your situation, you know, struggling with infertility for one reason or another. Um, And they just say, oh, you know, you should just keep trying, but just trying again and again, well, it might be fun. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, that's not necessarily going to help. I mean, a lot of times there is a hormonal imbalance or something like that. 
Yeah, you're right about that. Through um, the help of Dr. Davenport, she was able to figure out my fertility issues. Like I have low progesterone, I had problems with my sugar, and found out I had gestational diabetes. So I found out all these issues with my health, which was very helpful in um, in me having my, my baby. Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the things that I love most about natural family planning, you know, in addition to helping, uh, helping you space or achieve pregnancy, it can show a woman if there's something off balance that a doctor can help you figure out those imbalances. Definitely. If I didn't know about the charting cycle, I wouldn't be able to figure out like the hormone imbalance. Sure. Yeah. And that's awesome. Like just such a beautiful additional perk, I guess, to natural family planning. I wanted to also ask you, so you mentioned three different uh, methods of natural family planning. So you started by learning the symptothermal method from a book from Couple to Couple League, which I'm just going to throw out a disclaimer to our listeners. While it is possible to learn natural family planning on your own, I highly suggest that you find yourself an instructor because inevitably you will have questions and an instructor can really help you if you have just a confusing cycle and it it always comes up. Anyway, back to your story, Rose. So you learned symptothermal method from a book, then you learn the Creighton method, uh, and then you are now becoming an instructor in uh, Billings. So how would you say that learning these different methods has helped you gain an overall perspective of natural family planning? Right. That's a very good question. You're making me think. <laughs> it's been a long time ago since I, um, I studied the other methods. Um, basically, um, it gave me a sense of how a woman's system, how awesome it is. Sure. Like it's a very intricate system that God made. And it made me um, appreciate how we women go through a lot of, of things just to have a baby. And also how it can help, not just with me having, um, conceiving and, and sustaining my pregnancy, but also in how to maintain my, um, my own physical health. Oh, absolutely. That is an incredibly good point. I mean, um, even if you are a young woman who's not married yet, learning how to chart can just help you with your overall health. Uh, you don't even need to be uh, trying to achieve or space a pregnancy. So Rosa, you want to go back to your, uh, your story. And when, when you were figuring out just the different imbalances that you had and, um, and helping grow your overall health, and then when you were able to conceive and sustain the pregnancy with your wonderful daughter, how did that really make you feel? Um, first of all, this having a, a daughter is a godsend. So that's the most wonderful feeling. I know you have a daughter, so I do. <laughs> most wonderful yeah. feeling of all. And then to be able to do it naturally, sure, that, that's an added benefit. Nothing more wonderful in the world. Oh, absolutely. I mean, your story is just, it, it's just so beautiful and so heartwarming to me. And, and it gives me chills every time that I've talked to you about this, of just going from you know, that, that hurt and that pain. And I am so sorry that you had to go through that. And then learning that there was a natural, uh, safe and obviously effective, um, way for you to 
become more healthy personally, and then also have your daughter. I mean, what a beautiful, I don't know, natural family planning success story. What a beautiful God success story. I don't know. What do you want to call it? <laughs> I think because um, God works for a reason, right? Like he, everything happens for a reason. So what happened to me was tragic, but God um, used this for me to educate other people. Rose, thank you so much for coming on today, sharing your story. I know that we will be talking again on this podcast. Uh, you have such a wealth of knowledge. Uh, you've got some great stories and some amazing projects that you're working on. So I am excited to have you back uh, in the near future. Was there anything else that you wanted to uh, share with our listeners, Rose? Oh, well, it's my pleasure to be here. Thank you for inviting me, Ellen. And what I want to... People to know about natural family planning is that only God can create our reproductive system. Yeah. And as husband and wives, we get to be procreators by cooperating with His grace. So this is so wonderful. And He created um, natural family planning, and and man developed this system for us to appreciate the intricacies of how new life comes into this world. Oh, beautiful! What a great what a great spot to end on. I love it. Thank you so much, Rose. All right. Welcome, uh, Jorge, to the podcast. I'm really excited to have you on today. And so let's just get started with, uh, you know, tell me a little bit about how you first came across uh, natural family planning. Well, first, Ellen, thank you for having me on the podcast. It's a pleasure to be here. So NFP, natural family planning, uh, I learned about it kind of along the way of a uh, a long spiritual journey. So I, I was brought up cradle Catholic as uh, they're called. Uh, and I was brought up in a devout, devoutly Catholic home. My parents are very devout. And then I went to college. I went very far away to college, about 2000 miles away from where I grew up. It was a, a new place for me. And I was on my own. I was an 18 year old kid. And I started to take fruit from the forbidden tree. And I kind of liked it. And so I tried more and more and more. And over the years, slowly, I started to become more of a, I would say, cultural Catholic. It wasn't very devout, but I would go to Mass on Sundays, most Sundays, maybe, unless, you know, there was something else that was uh, perhaps more interesting or, you know, I was just kind of just going through the motions. I wasn't prayerful. Eventually, got to the point I went to graduate school. You know, one thing that I learned, sin leads to more sin and it yeah. leads to worse sin. <laughs> and we're witness to this in the very early chapters of the Bible. You know, there's this disobedience of God. In the next chapter, there's a murder. Absolutely. Uh, right. Right. I got to graduate school and through the prompting of the Holy Spirit, through my conscience, the Holy Spirit was telling me, okay, you, you are, cannot receive communion anymore. I didn't understand it at the time because I was not very devout, not prayerful. I was just going through the motions. I certainly didn't know how serious of uh, issue it would have been had I taken communion in the state of disgrace that I was in. So anyway, I obeyed that prompting through uh, the from the Holy Spirit through my conscience. 
and I stopped taking communion. I stopped receiving the sacraments. Uh, and I went through this for about seven years, thank God, in a way, because I was not at all worthy. I became the prodigal son. I gave away my inheritance, which was my faith. I exchanged it for the wasteland of sin. At the end of that period, I found myself like the prodigal son, starving for food and drink, spiritual food and drink. I was completely famished after all this time. I saw that, like the prodigal son, even the pigs that were next to me had better food to eat mm -hmm. than I did. And then I became, I started to long for this uh, spiritual food and drink that I had so abundantly when I was younger. So it was through this realization and what I call a series of little miracles that prompted me to get right with God, come back home to the Father. Part of these little Christmas miracles was the prompting from our most blessed mother to pray the rosary for the first time in my life. Oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, that is incredible. <laughs> yeah. I mean, or I don't recall ever having prayed the rosary before. Maybe I did as a little kid. I don't, I don't remember. In any case, I had no idea how to pray the rosary. Sure. Um, I just, you know, it was just hanging on my, the rearview mirror of my car because I was a, <laughs> Yeah, it's just a it's just a patch that you wear. Like <laughs> it's just I I had the patch and my rosary was hanging on the rearview mirror and it identified me as a member of the club. Ha. Yeah. <laughs> um, I learned to pray the rosary and I prayed it intensely for two weeks before I prepared for my confession. I went to confession and it was one of the most beautiful uh, moments of my life. Uh, that it was right before mass on a Saturday evening, and I went to receive communion for the first time. Um, in seven years yeah it transformed me it renewed me I was already a, a member of the mystical body of Christ through my baptism but whoo man I had fallen away very far and I was renewed and I got to experience the love and mercy of God in in an extraordinary way I didn't look back as a result of this this renewal I just caught fire I was you know red hot white hot fire <laughs> for for God for Jesus, for the Holy Spirit, for the church, everything about it. it was, I was just completely on fire. I consumed everything and anything in addition to devouring the body of Christ in the Eucharist uh, as often as I could. That's how it all kind of started. And then through this fire that I had caught, I came across the teachings on the theology of the body. And wow. And through the theology of the body, I, I learned about this nifty tool called uh, natural family planning. I learned about the teachings of the church on marriage, on what it's about, and what role children play in it, and procreation. And um, if, if I can conclude the answer to your question regarding NFP, again, I see it as this tool that the church allows us to use. But I think the main point here is what is the sacrament of matrimony and what is it for? And the good thing is the church answers the question for us and, and, and in a very beautiful way. So this is from the, the catechism of the uh, Catholic church number 1601. And it says the matrimonial covenant by which a man and a woman establish between themselves, a partnership of the whole of life is by its nature ordered toward the good of the spouses and the procreation and education of offspring. This covenant between baptized persons has been raised by Christ the Lord to the dignity of a sacrament. So it's 
Whoa, that's a big statement there, right? About the, there's so much that we can talk about there. Oh my yeah. gosh. Jorge, I have to be honest with you. I had chills like multiple times throughout your story. I mean, I think one of the things I love the most is that you needed mom to tell you to come back, right? Like Mama Mary said, hey, before you even step foot back in that church, before you go back to confession, you need to get right with me and I'm going to take you there. Oh, beautiful. (laughs) That's right. That's how it worked out. (laughs) Love that. And just, I love your connection to the story of the prodigal son. I think every single one of us has has a story like that where we have been the prodigal son. We have stepped away and we realized, oh, we had it better uh, when we were back in our father's house. I know I personally have a story like that. And I also, I just think it's fantastic that you actually happened upon natural family planning just through your own means. I think a lot of people, the first time they hear about natural family planning, and this was for me too, was in marriage preparation. So when you first learned about natural family planning, were you dating? Were you in marriage preparation? Were you single? What, what was your relationship status? <laughs> I, I was single. Yeah, I was single and I was just learning about everything that I could about the church. That is fantastic. Um, Oh my gosh, that's amazing. And that's a story that I feel like we don't hear a lot. So when you, when you were engaged then, or, or just maybe before you were engaged in dating, uh, your now wife. So were you the one to introduce natural family planning into your relationship? That's a great question. <laughs> I, yeah, I can't quite remember exactly how it happened. But when I was courting my now wife, I was ready for a holy relationship. I think that's that's the key word there, a holy relationship. And so I think early on, my wife, or my, my now wife, we were very open with one another about the objectives of our courtship. And we were very clear that the purpose of doing this wasn't just to go out and have a good time and have a date at the movies or at the restaurant, that the purpose of our courtship was to discern whether we were going to be married. We were very objective about it. And so certainly I had already been through to the wasteland of <laughs> sin, I had no intentions of going back at all. So I think, I can't remember if it was my wife or I that brought it up. Oh, so how do you feel about contraception or some kind of a question like that? And we both coincided that like, absolutely not. Like that's, that is against the natural laws of God. And having violated many other of his laws and <laughs> And knowing the consequences of violating those laws, I had I did not want to have anything to do with it. Not just because of how miserable it made me and, you know, the fear of eternal damnation and these things. It was more because I was in love with God now. And doing anything to violate his creation would be a denial of that love. Wow, that is fantastic. I love the fact that it was something that you guys both brought to your relationship and talked about together. 
Um, I think that's something so important in bringing natural family planning to any married relationship is both sides need to buy in. Like it's not going to work if just one side is saying, oh, I want to practice natural family planning. And the other side is like, "Mm, that seems a little weird. It needs that commitment from both sides because it's not easy. Um, and I know, you know, this particular episode's not the time to get into that, but, but it's not. I mean, just objectively speaking, my husband and I have a hard time with it. I know you and your wife probably have a hard time with it from time to time, but it's beautiful. It's in line with God's plan. It's natural. It's in the name, but you know, it's not, it's not hurting us uh, physically or emotionally. And there's just, there's so many uh, beautiful fruits that come from practicing natural family planning within a marriage. Okay. So to uh, close out our conversation, I'd love to hear your perspective on how practicing natural family planning has affected your marriage. That's a great question, Ellen. Thank you uh, for asking. I want to take just a few steps back before answering the question directly. In the New Testament, there's a lot of references to the wedding feast of Jesus with his bride, the church. I think that's at the root of it all. In holy matrimony, we're called to reflect this marriage between Jesus and his church. And the most important way that Jesus expresses his love for his bride, the church, is through a complete and total giving of himself, even unto death. Right. Um, So we are called to do the same in a holy matrimony. Each spouse is called to give of themselves completely, totally, without reservation. And And so... And that's such a beautiful gift, too, just being... Being able to give yourself wholly and completely to another person, it might sound kind of scary, but it is amazing. Most certainly. Uh, It's amazing. And as you said, scary, this total giving. And I think, you know, we have selfishness that we have to battle within ourselves. And so it's possible that nowadays that we view marriage as this kind of adult fulfillment I can put this on the wall next to my diploma and it's just something else that I should do as an adult and check it off the list and we're good. Um, But really, the church also teaches us about what love really is. It's not a a fuzzy, warm feeling. Actually, the church is very clear on what love is and that is to will the good of the other. And so even though this is a a very tall order, Jesus also does remind us uh, in Matthew's gospel that we need to be holy. We need to be perfect like our heavenly father is perfect. Mm -hmm. So again, that is a tall order, certainly. (laughs) But if that is the instruction of Jesus, if that's the instruction of God, then certainly he will give us the grace to be able to achieve something like this. That is uh, the step that I want to take back. So how does NFP play into all of this? <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> well, what NFP enables us to do in, in my marriage, and, and I'm, I'm sure in, in many others, is to be able to give ourselves to our beloved, to our spouse, completely, totally, and without reservation. There is no intentional blocking of anything. 
right. uh, be it physical and spiritual, emotional, psychological. NFP is one way that allows this union of man and wife to happen without any intentional blocking of anything. It's a complete giving of one to the other without reservation for the good of the other, for the sanctity of the other. And so the effect that it's had on my marriage is that it's made it more holy um, mm. through the grace of God. Beautiful. So I think it's just been a beautiful gift. It's been a blessing. And of course, not without its challenges, <laughs> but all these crosses that come along with NFP are, uh, you don't get the resurrection without the cross. So right. It, it, we don't uh, get Easter without Good Friday. Exactly. And there's all sorts of little Good Fridays as part of NFP. But <laughs> uh, the, the Easter is all the more greater as a result of it. Absolutely. Oh, I actually, I love that imagery that you put in. You know, it's those times of, uh, you know, necessary abstinence if you're trying to avoid pregnancy. That's like a little Lent or a little Good Friday. And then when you're able to come together again as husband and wife, that's Easter Sunday. That's your, that's your wedding day all over again. What a fun way to think of it. I love it. Thank you, Ellen. Oh, well, thank you so much, Jorge, for uh, coming on the podcast today. I love the stories that you shared. I think a lot of people who are listening are going to really connect to a lot of things you said. I hope you enjoyed the two stories from Rose and Jorge. I did want to mention that some of the topics we covered might be new terms for you. Uh, they may be things that we have already covered in previous episodes, or they are topics we plan to cover in future episodes. So be sure to go back and listen to the first episodes, as well as subscribe to our podcast to catch future episodes. Thanks so much for listening to Charting Toward Intimacy. Intimacy.